episode 73. The following day, two more girls asked him to the ball, a second year, and to his horror, a fifth year who looked as though she might knock him out if he refused. She was quite good looking, said Ron, fairly, after he'd stopped laughing. She was a foot taller than me, said Harry, still unnerved. Imagine what I'd look like trying to dance with her. Hermione's words about Crumb kept coming back to him. They only like him because he's famous. Harry doubted very much if any of the girls who had asked to be his partner so far would have wanted to go to the ball with him if he hadn't been school champion. Then he wondered if this would bother him if Cho asked him. On the whole, Harry had to admit that even with the embarrassing prospect of opening the ball before him, life had definitely improved since he'd gotten through the first task. He wasn't attracting nearly as much unpleasantness in the corridors anymore, which he suspected had a lot to do with Cedric. He had an idea Cedric might have told the Hufflepuffs to leave Harry alone, in gratitude for Harry's tip-off about the dragons. There seemed to be fewer support Cedric Diggory badges around, too. Now, Draco Malfoy, of course, was still quoting Rita Skeeter's article at him at every possible opportunity. But he was getting fewer and fewer laughs out of it. And just to heighten Harry's feeling of well-being, no story about Hagrid had appeared in the Daily Prophet. She didn't seem very interested in magical creatures, to tell you the truth. Hagrid said, when Harry, Ron, and Hermione asked him how his interview with Rita Skeeter had gone during the last Care of Magical Creatures lesson of term. To their very great relief, Hagrid had given up on direct contact with the Scrooge now, and they were merely sheltering behind his cabin today, sitting at a trestle table and preferring a fresh selection of food with which to tempt the Scrooge. She just wanted me to talk about you, Harry. Hagrid continued in a low voice. Well, I told her we've been friends since I went to fetch you from the Dursleys. Never had to tell him off in four years, she said. Never played you up in lessons, has he? I told her no, and she didn't seem happy at all. You'd think she wanted me to say you were horrible, Harry. Of course she did, said Harry, throwing lumps of dragon liver into a large metal bowl and picking up his knife to cut some more. She can't keep writing about what a tragic little hero I am. It'll get boring. She wants a new angle, Hagrid, said Ron wisely, as he shelled salamander eggs. You were supposed to say Harry's a mad delinquent. But he's not, said Hagrid, looking genuinely shocked. She should have interviewed Snape, said Harry grimly. He'd give her the goods on me any day. Potter has been crossing lines ever since he first arrived at this school. Said that, did he? said Hagrid, while Ron and Hermione laughed. Well, you might have bent a few rules, Harry, but you're all right, really, aren't you? Cheers, Hagrid, said Harry, grinning. You coming to the ball thing on Christmas Day, Hagrid? said Ron. Thought I might look in on it, yeah, said Hagrid gruffly. She'll be a good do, I reckon. You'll be opening the dancing, won't you, Harry? Who you taking? No one yet, said Harry, feeling himself going red again. Hagrid didn't pursue the subject. 
The last week of term became increasingly boisterous as it progressed. Rumors about the Yule Ball were flying everywhere, though Harry didn't believe half of them. For instance, that Dumbledore had bought 800 barrels of mulled mead from Madame Rosmerta. It seemed to be fact, however, that he had booked the Weird Sisters. Now, exactly who or what the Weird Sisters were, Harry didn't know, never having had access to a wizard's wireless. But he deduced from the wild excitement of those who had grown up listening to the WWN, Wizard Wireless Network, that they were a very famous musical group. Some of the teachers, like little Professor Flitwick, gave up trying to teach them much when their minds were so clearly elsewhere. He allowed them to play games in his lesson on Wednesday and spent most of it talking to Harry about the perfect summoning charm he had used during the first task of the Triwizard Tournament. Other teachers were not so generous. Nothing would ever deflect Professor Binns, for example, from plowing on through his notes on goblin rebellions. As Binns hadn't let his own death stand in the way of continuing to teach, they supposed a small thing like Christmas wasn't going to put him off. It was amazing how he could make even bloody and vicious goblin riots sound as boring as Percy's Cauldron Bottom report. Professors McGonagall and Moody kept them working until the very last second of their classes, too. Snape, of course, would no sooner let them play games in class than adopt Harry. Staring nastily around at them all, he informed them that he would be testing them on poison antidotes during the last lesson of the term. Evil he is, Ron said bitterly that night in the Gryffindor common room, springing a test on us on the last day, ruining the last bit of term with a whole load of revision. Hmm... You're not exactly straining yourself, though, are you? said Hermione, looking at him over the top of her potions notes. Ron was busy building a card castle out of his exploding snap pack, a much more interesting pastime than with muggle cards, because of the chance that the whole thing would blow up at any second. It's Christmas, Hermione, said Harry lazily. He was rereading Flying with the Cannons for the tenth time in an armchair by the fire. Hermione looked severely over at him, too. I'd have thought you'd be doing something constructive, Harry, even if you don't want to learn your antidotes. Like what, Harry said, as he watched Joey Jenkins of the cannons belt a bludger toward a Ballycaster bat's chaser. That egg, Hermione hissed. Oh, come on, Hermione. I've got till February the 24th, Harry said. He had put the golden egg upstairs in his trunk, and hadn't opened it since the celebration party after the first task. There were still two and a half months to go until he needed to know what all the screechy wailing meant, after all. But it might take weeks to work it out, said Hermione. You're going to look a real idiot if everyone else knows what the next task is and you don't. Leave him alone, Hermione. He's earned a bit of a break, said Ron. And he placed the last two cards on top of the castle, and the whole lot blew up, singeing his eyebrows. Nice look, Ron. Go well with your dress robes, that will. It was Fred and George. 
They sat down at the table with Harry, Ron, and Hermione as Ron felt how much damage had been done. Ron, can we borrow Pigwidgeon? George asked. Now he's off delivering a letter, said Ron. Why? Because George wants to invite him to the ball, said Fred sarcastically. Because we want to send a letter, you stupid great prat, said George. Who do you two keep writing to, eh? said Ron. Nose out, Ron, or I'll burn that for you too, said Fred, waving his wand threateningly. So, you lot got dates for the ball yet? No, said Ron. Well, you better hurry up, mate, or all the good ones will be gone, said Fred. Who are you going with then, said Ron. Angelina, said Fred promptly, without a trace of embarrassment. What, said Ron, taken aback, you've already asked her? Good point, said Fred. He turned his head and called across the common room, Oi! Angelina! Angelina, who had been chatting to Alicia Spinner near the fire, looked over at him. What? she called back. Want to come to the bow with me? Angelina gave Fred an appraising sort of look. All right, then, she said, and she turned back to Alicia and carried on chatting with a bit of a grin on her face. There you go, said Fred to Harry and Ron. Piece of cake. He got to his feet, yawning, and said, We'd better use a school owl then. George, come on. They left. Ron stopped feeling his eyebrows and looked across the smoldering wreck of his card castle at Harry. We shall get a move on, you know. Ask someone. He's right. We don't want to end up with a pair of trolls. Hermione let out a splutter of indignation. A pair of what? Excuse me? Well, you know, said Ron, shrugging. I'd rather go alone than with, with Eloise Midgens, eh? Her acne's loads better lately, and she's really nice. Her nose is off-center, said Ron. Oh, I see, Hermione said, bristling. So basically, you're going to take the best-looking girl who'll have you, even if she's completely horrible. Uh, yeah, sounds about right, said Ron. I'm going to bed, Hermione snapped, and she swept off toward the girl's staircase without another word.